0: Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast, hosted by Shalinda Kirby, a cervical cancer survivor, and Natalie Supez, a Crohn's warrior since 2007. Our goal is to give you proof that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. You can also follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Here are your hosts. Welcome. We are so excited about this episode, Natalie, because this hits home for us. If you listened to episode one, you heard us reference the Everybody Campaign,
1: and we are back to where it all started. It's <laughs> <That's> true. Literally, <laughs> we are
0: sitting in Organic Tan, Winnipeg, right now, which is uh, where our friend Shauna is the owner—well, co-owner, I guess. Right? Right. Yes, you and Tammy, and so. Uh Shauna, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you on.
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you guys.
0: Yeah, because you are a part of our story and how Natalie and I met, so that must be pretty cool for you to it be is so you know, cool. on the receiving end of yeah. that.
2: I'm like, oh, I feel so proud. Like this is a proud moment. <laughs> mm. oh. It's like a
0: it's like a mom moment yes, where you put totally. kids together and they end up being friends. You're like, I created that friendship. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was thinking it's a mom moment.
2: Like, I'm so yeah. proud. These are my little Kids that just grew up in <laughs> amazing women or something. It's
0: true. And I mean, I think that's probably a takeaway from the Everybody campaign is being able to like watch all of us women, you know, afterwards and see what we do with our lives post Everybody campaign. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It so really cool. warms my heart.
2: Awesome. Yes.
0: Well, Shauna, we're going to get into the speed round where we ask you three questions and kind of elaborate on that to get okay. things going. Uh, first question Where are you from?
2: So I grew up in Dougold, Manitoba. So small city or small city, small town outside of <laughs> Winnipeg, just east of Winnipeg, and graduated in Oak Bank, so that community out there, Springfield. Live in Winnipeg now, but that's where I grew up. And and this is where you've been for how long? Oh gosh. Well we we're pretty much right out of high school. It was like turn eighteen, I wanted to move to the city. So I've been in Winnipeg ever since. Nice. That's awesome. The next question might sound a little awkward.
0: What is your sickness?
2: Well, I am proud to say that I am a cancer survivor now. Yes, Ooh, you are. I am to say, yeah. uh, Ooh, 10 yes. years now. 10 wow. That's years. so amazing. Yes. Um, so it's kind of crazy to even say that out loud sometimes still.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that because even like, I, it, for me, it's I've been in remission for a couple of months and it still feels weird yeah. saying like I had
1: cancer or right.
0: I used to have cancer or I'm a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What type of cancer did you have?
2: So it was called choriocarcinoma mm. and it is of the placenta. No way. So um, Wow, I didn't know that. It's, and it's a very rare form. It's like 1% chance of someone getting it. Um, and it stems strictly from pregnancy. So that's the only way you can get this form. Um, and usually what happens is um, you produce a, the hormone that shows that you're pregnant. So you pee on a stick, that kind of thing. It says positive. You're like, okay, we've got this baby happening. Um, you go to your first doctor's appointment when they usually are trying to look for the heartbeat around 12 weeks or so, um, and they can't find anything. So Usually what happens is there's, it's a, called a molar pregnancy. So you think you're pregnant, but there's actually no baby. There's just this empty sac That's the tumor. Mm. Um, in my case, even more rare that I carried a healthy baby to term. So I was about 39 weeks when I had gone into emergency because I felt like something just wasn't quite right. Um, things had just changed over the last day. Um, wasn't feeling that movement that I normally was but I was like you know I, I am like I'm due any day I am massive I was just at the doctor two days ago listening to the heartbeat you know feeling everything move and um, so I thought I was just kind of like playing games with myself a little bit like freaking out for no reason like how do, this doesn't happen like I am so big I'm gonna about, I'm about to have birth uh, give birth and um, we went in and I just knew I knew on the drive there, um, and then when they hooked up the heart monitor to you, I mean when you're nine months pregnant, there's, you know, you get that heartbeat right away. You're not digging around Mm -hmm. for it, and they just were not having success. And then they brought in an ultrasound, and then they brought in a doctor, and no one is saying a word. And so I just, I knew. I knew right away. And they just, yeah, they just turned to me and just said, there's just, there's no heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, we had no idea about cancer or anything like that. That wasn't even. Wow! Wow! That wasn't so that's even determined, right? like you know, a traumatic <clears throat> experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I th- I think this was supposed to be a, the lightning around here. Texas, yeah, this is turning into the
0: whole okay. story. <laughs> <Whoopsies>. <laughs> that's okay. that's okay. why. That's why we you know get these questions out of the way so we know where to elaborate. Yeah. On. Okay. You so I so. keep going with this. Yeah. Oh, going God. Okay. Okay. You got us hooked. I'm in now. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Okay. So. um yeah. So at that moment, we're, um, given the option to, um, go home and wait for labor to start naturally, or I could be induced. So at that time I was, you know, not going home knowing what I knew. So, I uh, chose to get induced. Um, and it was, um, very long labor, about 27 hours, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, And uh, so going through all the details of labor and and that kind of thing, um, Riker was born. He was eight and a half pounds. He was heavy, chubby, looked perfect. Mm. He was so freaking cute. Um, And we, you know, we, I I really didn't know what to do um, when they're handing you this baby, right? There was still a little smidgen that I was like, maybe he'll cry. Maybe, yeah, just yeah. maybe, you know, I was kind of like, knew it wasn't going to happen, but you know, you just, ugh, I was I'm taking some, whatever medications they were giving me, epidural, all this kind of stuff. So I was probably not exactly with it either. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we held him we probably held them and had him in our room for hours, hours. Yeah. We bathed them, yeah. we took pictures with him. You know all that kind of stuff. We had some family come in so they they could see him and hold him and um, because I wanted them to know that he was real. That was really important. It needed to feel real. Yes, yeah. It was very important that they got to see him, touch him. You know all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I wish I could have everyone there to do that so they got to experience some of that. Um, But so we had our time with him and. then, uh, you know, nothing really quite prepares you, though, for leaving the hospital with Without empty hands. arms. Yeah. You know, um, we're on a ward where all you hear is crying babies.
1: Mm. And then
2: you're in this room all alone. And um, when you leave, you're walking by all these. So, like, yeah, anyways, just nothing really quite prepares you for that. Um, so... You know, fast forward a few weeks, we, I'm at home, um, you know, we're still grieving, we're thinking about, you know, what's the next step, desperately want to have another baby because uh, probably wanting to fill that void. Yeah, and um, he wasn't
1: your first baby though. No,
2: so we had a daughter at home, she was six, um, so I think that's what kind of kept me going, was that I had to be there for her, so um, I really feel lucky to have her that I had her at home. Um, But I was experiencing all these kinds of complications. So a lot of bleeding, a lot of bleeding um, that just wouldn't stop. And we're going on weeks now. Mm. Um, And I've been through um, a birth, so I know kind of what things to expect. I knew something was wrong, that it was just not right. So I had gone to emergency a couple of times. I think three times I went in and three times they told me you've just suffered a loss you know you're grieving you're just upset these aren't things to be concerned about it's not that bad you just you go home and you can recover and um so each time I went home but each time it just got worse and worse to the point where I I could not get on with things because I couldn't even like walk my daughter to school across the street without like being funneling blood everywhere and um, so anyways I went back the fourth time the fourth time my gynecologist happened to be on call so she came to see me and she said we're gonna do a DNC we're gonna get you cleaned out I don't know what's going on but you know let's let's do it this we'll try this first and then we'll see what happens Um, so Have my DNC, um, everything's fine, recovering fine. I think it was about two days later or three days later, she called me at home and um, she's like, yeah, so just got your test results back. I'm just wondering if you are at home alone. I'm like, yes.
0: This is bringing back memories. For
2: me. and you know they usually don't call but I wasn't thinking anything bad because I was like I've just gone through all this mm-hmm. I think she's doing like you know I'm thinking she's calling because we've been through a lot and she yeah. you know that kind of thing right checking in with me and, um, and I was like yes I'm alone and she's like okay well I need you to come and see me and I was like I just like just tell me what's going on I don't understand here and she's like well you have cancer and I just was like pardon me like, never in my wildest dreams do you think that you're going to get that phone call. Like, you really don't. You yeah. know it happens, but you just really never expect it to be you. Well,
0: and I can't imagine cancer
2: was on your radar having gone through what you had just oh God, gone through. No. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, no. yeah, I couldn't even imagine what your mindset no. was like during so that it time. it instantly went from, like, grieving to survival mode because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I am going to die. That was the first thought I had. And that was it. I was just like, okay. And she's like, hey, you got to come see me right now. There's a bed waiting for you at women's. You're going to oh start chemo in the morning. Like, And I'm just like, wow. what? Like, how does this happen? Um, so I remember just getting off the phone with her. And my husband had just went back to work. Like, I mean, like, I think this was his, like, second or third day back. So he had taken a, that first month off with me. Um, and he... You know, I called him. um, This is sort of before you're really texting and all that stuff quite a bit. So you're getting phone calls. um, And for some reason, he answered. He normally wouldn't because he was, like, right in the middle of something. Um, But I just was like, I've got cancer. And I, like, he... Oh, my goodness. He he was just like, what? And I, I, I don't really remember what happened from there. I just remembered, like, he was home, like, instantly. And... Then when I got off the phone with him, I was just like pacing around the house. I was like, what am I gonna do? So I I called my best friend, Marissa. um, And we had just, she was just over like, I think two weeks prior to that or so. And we were watching the news or something. And there was a story on there about someone shaving their head for cancer research and um, raising money and all that kind of stuff. And we had said, you know, hey, I would do that for you. And um, so I called her and I was like, and again, don't really call your friends at work so you know something might be wrong. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, well, you remember when you said you would shave your head for me? Oh. And she's like, no. I'm like, yes. She's like, no. I'm like, yes. And that was it. She's like, hey, I'm going to go get your daughter from school. Like, I'll be over right away. That kind of thing. Because I'm just now waiting for my husband to get home. And then we're off to the doctor. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. This is crazy to me. And, yeah. So, went in and met with my doctor and got all set up. And, next, you know, I was having chemo the next day.
1: Wow.
0: I don't even like, I just need a moment.
2: Yeah,
1: That's crazy. So after that, how long did that, like how long did you have cancer for? How long were treatments?
2: So I went for about six cycles. Um, so I'd go f- every day for five days and then have a week off. And then every day for five days, have a week off. And we did that about six times. Um, and then, um, my, yeah, like my, Numbers started going down, um, and I mean, it felt like a lifetime yeah, then. Yeah. Um, but I guess it went fairly quick. Maybe I mean, six cycles, so a few months worth, and um, and then it was a very, it's a very um, aggressive form of cancer. very curable.
1: So it's in the placenta but then once you give birth it's gone Mm -hmm. so then where is it? So
2: a part of the placenta was still attached to my uterus. Wow. And um, you know I I think about things like okay what if I would have had him like a week earlier would he be okay or you know because there was nothing physically wrong with him Um, but my oncologist assured me that he never would have survived that Mm -hmm. this was he was destined to not be here, to not live, that um, whatever happened in those moments, those last moments leading up to the last maybe week of my pregnancy or so, the cells in the placenta just decided to go berserk yeah. and this had this cancer. So, um, yeah, I...
0: I don't know where my train of thought is going here now, but That's okay. <laughs> that doesn't really give you peace of mind without knowing that, like, even though the doctor says, you know, he was destined, destined to, you know, not, mm-hmm. not be
2: here, still it's probably so hard to register you know, all and that. That doesn't make it any easier no. or any better. Um, the way I take that is that I feel like he saved my life. So that oh, if God. I was going to obviously have this cancer... If he was here and I was at home taking care of him, I would have been like, I got the shit end of the recovery, right? I wouldn't have been worried about me. I would have been worried about taking care of my baby. It would have been weeks and weeks probably before I would have realized, okay, I'm going on month three, I'm still bleeding here, what's going on? Versus week three, right? Because I was, had a newborn and you know, it just would have been the last thing that crossed my mind. But because I was alone and just not knowing anything going on and all that kind of stuff, I guess that just triggered me to go in possibly, right? Like I had nothing else to do. Yeah. So I went in, um, had I not gone in when I did, because it was a very aggressive form, like that night when I went in, they had to scan me from head to toe. So they scanned my brain, my lungs, my liver, everything, because they were certain it had metastasized already because just a few weeks of this, it, increases your number. So you're like, long story short, it's it, your HCG number is very high when you're pregnant. So there's like a marker. Um, I believe it was about 40,000. So my blood work would come back saying that I was about 38,000 and 40,000 is the marker that is meta- wow. metastasized. So they caught it just in time where, so that's why I really truly feel like he saved my life yeah. because if he didn't pass away, I would have yeah. totally and you know i what good can can come from bearing a child i have no idea but i have two boys after him that i probably wouldn't have had either so that's how i have to look at it that he saved me and he gave me two sons
1: sons. there's something that i like want to highlight so much in that story is you kept going back like you didn't just say okay well they said i'm okay the first time the second time the third time like you knew yeah. your body enough to say like, I need to mm-hmm. go. And that's something so important. Like, especially after a loss, mm-hmm. right. You could have just been like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I am just being yeah. emotional or whatever, but and
2: feeling stupid yeah, and like, you know, and yeah. it's really hard to like bring yourself to go there to be rejected again. Yeah. You know, so in anything, like anytime you feel like you need to go to the doctor about something, even it's just like a little, a little mole or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, Do it, fight for yourself, yeah,
1: yeah, because no one
2: else is going to exactly. And you know, i thankful that my gynecologist was there that day to you know hear me out. What are the chances that that you know, like you Mm -hmm. you talk about catching it sooner rather
0: than later, and yet you had gone back before and your gynecologist hadn't been there, but Mm -hmm. the one time that you did go back, yeah, you know, they were there to pay enough attention that. They mm-hmm. found out what was going on. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So yeah. a
1: big thing that comes up for me is like, how were you, how did you, I don't know how to word it, but like, how were you strong enough to have babies after
2: that? Oh. Yeah. you know what? I think my fear of not having them was mm. greater than not, you know, I, I, and I mean, maybe this is wrong, but I definitely had a void and yeah. I desperately wanted to, and, um, it, I, the pregnancies weren't great, as in my headspace wasn't that oh. great, because um, yeah, I needed to get the okay from my doctor, and they were very hesitant in the beginning because, like, wanted to get back at this possibly, like, as soon as possible, right away, um, and just to throw a little tidbit in there. We got pregnant a little sooner than they had wanted us to, per se. They wanted to have me, you know, free and clear for a little over a year. And it was just a little bit shy of that. Um, And it was two weeks before we were getting married and I ended up with a miscarriage. Oh my gosh. And I I don't know, it didn't, it wasn't, uh, I don't know, it didn't. How far along were you? I, mean, I think I was about nine weeks or so something like that um, so the reasoning behind that no idea I mean my body had been through a lot of stuff yeah. a lot of chemo drugs in there yeah. that kind of thing who knows right mm-hmm. who knows and um, so anyways we pushed through and um, get pregnant with crew and then um, he we were more on the radar, so they knew that my headspace wasn't going to be that great. Um, when Riker was born, it was very traumatic. Um, so we agreed that peace of mind as well, C sections, and at thirty seven weeks. Yeah. So a couple of weeks before I had had Riker, so that just that peace of yeah. mind, that little bit of being a bit early. My doctor was so supportive. So she knew how upset we were and devastated we were, and I feel like she. Felt that way too. Um, yeah. Anyway, she she took care of me to the point where yeah, like I could just call her and be like, hey, I'm I'm feeling a little uncertain today. I need to go for a fetal assessment, and I could get in. Um, they also decided to um, give me a steroid shot for lungs. So around six months or so, I had that medicine so that uh, encouraged the development of the lungs mm-hmm. a little bit faster. Wow um and then um just before we were kind of deciding to um have them so i would go i went for um another fetal assessment in an amnio so where they put the needle into your belly oh, and, yeah. yeah so because they can draw out that fluid and be precise as to what level the lungs were at and if they were ready wow so um yeah, even, even knowing that I had the date, like, the next day, I was still, the anxiety was crazy, just crazy, because it's just in the back of mm-hmm. your mind going, like, I, I, do that I just, again. yeah, I just, you know, and oh, I feel like I was such a horrible friend for that first year of losing Riker, because I did not want to go to my friends birthday parties for their kids but that's
1: what friends are there for right I it's not did, just the good thing no
2: and I just I would just send Kayla like you yeah. go here's a gift and, and you know I just I feel like I was yeah. maybe a kind of a shitty friend um because I just couldn't be around all that I was so devastated like I was so happy for okay. my friends that were you know and I mean it was just as hard for them to let them let Mm -hmm. me know that they were expecting after I suffered such a loss right because they cared obviously and they felt what I felt and um, their lives go on and I can't expect them then to refrain from trying or having children of their own because I went through that right that's ridiculous but I just felt like I was probably kind of a little bit shitty to some of them in the beginning maybe but it was just so hard so hard to wrap my head around how this could happen
1: it's a big thing about illness though is you find out who your real friends are Mm -hmm. one way or another, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they're real, they understand and they'll be there and they'll think of a way to tell you that they're expecting without hurting you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And they were all amazing. All of them. Um, and they didn't shave their heads and said, please don't shave your head. <laughs> <laughs> You did take part in, like, you know, oh your, your fundraisers and yes. stuff. Like, that was, an, that was
0: something that yes. you did do while you were sick. Yes. And that I admire about you is that you embraced the fact that you had cancer. Mm-hmm. And you took part in things like, uh, what was it, the walk. Yeah,
2: the yeah. Challenge for Life walk. Yes. Um, it was a way that my, like, and my friends were like, we don't know what to do for you. So they created this mm. team to show the support right, um, and so yeah, I think the first year I think we raised like 30 some thousand dollars. Wow. the first year, um, and I think over the years I've participated um almost every single year, and I think we're close to about 80 90 thousand dollars for Team Shimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a way that they could, yeah, show support and give back to me, and I just kind of continued with it. So every year I would put in a team and go through it. Um, and I couldn't always go to the walk because usually it's in the middle of baseball season for my kid. Um, but, um, again, it's just until I, I felt like I needed to continue on with that because I had not participated really in anything like that prior to being sick. And mm. I was like, shame on me. I waited until it happened to me to, yeah. to, to see what it means and how it is, can impact someone's life. Like, I am so thankful for the nurses and the doctors that I had. Like, my doctor gave me his home number and was like, he was there for me, like, through thick and thin. And I just found it so devastating that I waited until I was sick to, like, do yeah. anything about it. So um, lots of people have their own thoughts on all these things. Um, Fundraisers and everything, and I mean, there's a fundraiser for everything. But you know what? If it's five dollars or fifty dollars, it makes a difference, it really and it really um, plays a role in that patient's sur- like journey and survival, mm-hmm, yeah. and um, you can really, really help them. We get asked
0: all the time about um, what friends and family can do when you're sick. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, there's not a lot, right? But the little things like that, like banding together and Mm -hmm. putting together a fundraising team to go walk and Mm -hmm. show their support for you, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's, huge. Yeah, Yeah. it's things like that that really matter. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's the small gestures that make the biggest impact in your Mm -hmm. life when you are
2: sick. Yeah. And for years, I had one friend that would drop off breakfast on our doorstep Mm -hmm. on December 20th every year. So that we could just have breakfast and not think about anything else. So um, another reason why the holidays are a little bit of a struggle (laughs) for our household is that his um, yeah his date was December 20th, so just shy of Christmas, and so that was a really tough year. It's always a tough time. I mean, um, yeah, dates I guess just play a little bit. They just you know play a little factor in, but. Um, so that Christmas that year was a little bit different, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah.
1: So how did you go from going through all of that, the losses, then having two beautiful babies, baby boys, mm-hmm. and then starting your own business? Yeah. <laughs> After you've been getting, like, honestly, Sean, yeah. you
0: were on the ground and you just kept getting kicked. And eventually, like, what made you stand up?
2: Um... Well, when I was pregnant with Riker, I actually was a painter, so I had my own painting company actually, so a lot of people probably don't know this, but I've sort of always done entrepreneurial things, Um, so I was running a paint company. We painted inside and outside of houses, lots of show homes, that kind of thing, um, for about six years I employed just women wow so we were the girls that showed up throwing scaffolding together on these job sites and stuff I loved it um and then when I was off and sick I, I I did need a little bit of time I was not ready to go back to work um so I needed to take a little bit of time but I also needed to um do something different um and organic tan didn't happen until well Four and a half years ago so it was actually quite um, a gap in between but because I was um, looking to be pregnant again I also needed to collect EI so I went back to work for somebody <laughs> <You do laughs> so you that do, I didn't get those benefits <laughs> so uh, so I actually had worked for yeah a cousin of mine for a couple of years in between all that you know at randomly um, organic ten sort of just fell in my lap one day um
1: did you did you sell the painting business or you just you know, I just
2: it? yeah I just stopped um still to this day I get a few phone calls wow. um and some job offers
1: that's a testament <laughs> how good the business was yeah <laughs> crazy.
2: um so I just I have a few um guys that I refer the jobs to um and they take care of them for me it's not very often now um but it's Kind of cool when it does happen, Because yeah. I mean, I actually loved it. Like I really miss painting. So if anyone needs a paint job done, I'm your girl. Yeah. I, I was just sitting here thinking, wow, you
0: went from painting houses to painting These people's people. bodies. I know, right? <laughs> like wow, full
2: circle, really. <laughs> like that's the best thing. I, I didn't I didn't know that about uh, you. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so it sort of just fell into my lap, but just the opportunity to be able to provide something that is safe and a better alternative than the tanning beds and things like that so it just it really connected with me um because of having a cancer now not skin cancer obviously but a cancer that it just really um yeah i just it really connected to me and i wanted to be able to offer a healthier alternative um it was not something that was even a a thought of but um when it presented itself I was just like I need to do this because I need to give women a better
1: option that's so amazing and some of you might or I guess you won't know this but my I met Shauna probably in your first year of business when I was getting married I got a tan someone a girlfriend of mine referred you and I don't even know if you were
2: at this location I think we were on the court and
1: yeah somewhere else I think I'm pretty sure yeah um but yeah I got a tan and then I still have you in my phone as the organic tan lady even though we're <laughs> friends <laughs> I just never remember to change it <laughs> okay I
0: love it. Yeah. See, I actually so went cool. to Shauna because I had a brush with uh skin cancer I used to be wow. a hardcore tanner like I would tan I use a tanning bed like once a day six days a week. I used to when I was in high school. It was intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like and I mean that that was my obsession was being dark, right? And I wanted that bronze color. But then uh I had a, a spot on my skin that had changed significantly and I went and got it tested and it came back with early signs of it becoming melanoma. Wow. And so I immediately had that chunk of my skin removed. And I uh, left with a nice little scar on my arm here, but I don't care because anytime anybody points it out, I'm mm-hmm. free to tell them, like, I had a tanning addiction. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying what mm-hmm. that can do to mm-hmm. your skin. And I was young. And so uh, I had no idea that there was other products out there, right. specifically services, because that's the one thing. I could buy, sell tanner, and yeah, try to apply to myself. Old? No, no, no. <laughs> Trust me, there is no good way of putting that on your back when you're a single woman, okay? <laughs> I have used a paint roller. There's not. Oh my god! I want to
2: see that. Yeah. Well, you don't.
0: It's it's like (laughs) a a contortion on your page. (laughs) So yeah, when I when I had moved to Winnipeg, it was like I was looking for an alternative, you know, method to having that nice glow, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it not affecting my actual health. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny that you mentioned that's what inspired you to take this business Mm -hmm. because it's it's people like myself that see the appeal in using a business like organic tan when we want that glow but we don't want
2: to deal with skin cancer mm-hmm. right yeah yeah and we wanted to step it up a little bit too like you know it's not a booth we spray you by hand we use uh, a brush to blend you use yeah. powders lotion like all kinds of things We've come to... so far yes. in tanning yes. seriously so it's more of um i really like to tell people that's more of a skin treatment so it's all skin happy ingredients for you and the bonuses you're going to get a tan for a week out of it So it's more of a, uh, I'd like to say, upscale tanning situation where, you know, you come in and we are just, we're spraying you with confidence, we want you to feel good, that kind of thing, and it's just, it's better for you.
1: I think it's super, super important to mention that just because when you had cancer, you didn't go right back into entrepreneur, that doesn't mean you weren't successful, because I think just going back into even working for someone else and knowing that that was the best step for you mm-hmm. and then taking the next step after that, like that's being successful and that's so important and mm-hmm. give power to other women to do the same. Like if you have a business and you, right now your health's not allowing you to continue, do what you need to do. It doesn't mean you can't go back when you're ready. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: That's or so cool. just, you know, slow down a little bit or exactly. whatever. You just obviously need to take care of you first Yeah. And you can always get right back into it. Yeah. And, you know, or, you know, do what you can. Yeah. And
1: now you're super successful. All of Winnipeg (laughs) knows you.
2: (laughs) It feels so weird. Like, there's be some times where, like, just a random person will be, like, talking about organic tan or mention, or if we get talking, they're like, oh, you're organic tan. I'm like, it just feels so weird. To me, I don't know. I you six. deserve
1: all
0: of it. <laughs> I hear that from so many people who are successful, though. Like you know, mm. they're like, "Oh, um, you know, I can't believe that people know my business, or yeah. people know who I am, or yeah. people know the work that I'm doing." It's kind of a shock, I think, it comes to most of those people but that they become so su- successful. So I can mm-hmm. imagine that's kind of where you come from. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah
0: on that
1: note, let's do our last speed round question, and then. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was well worth yes, it. No, that we're just changing the, changing the, uh, the, gears. the gears. We're changing
2: gears. gears. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, so what do you do every day that makes you successful? What's one thing you do every day?
2: Oh my gosh. I'm showing up. Mm. Right. I feel like there are days still where I want to throw myself a pity party and You just you you can't live there it's okay to be there in a moment or two when you need to but you can't live there and you need to move on and you've you've got to just you just got to keep pushing and to me right now being successful in my business means what that means to me is the the relationships that i've developed the relationships that are so close to me right now like you two Mm -hmm. i feel like you know all that fucking shit we've been through has let us down this path to mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. It's not true. <laughs> no, it no because I it's can true, relate. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I had nobody when I moved here, and Shauna was one of the first people, mm. and, and, I mean, day, so and and I mean to this day, our friendship means so much to me.
2: And it's only been like a year and a half, maybe, a two year, years, maybe two years. Yeah, yeah two and years. it's like yeah. it's like yeah, I don't know. It's been yeah, it's been very precious to me that you guys are here, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I feel like it's been years or something, but I try to take something good of all that crap that we've all been through. And, you know, we having now these meaningful conversations and, you know, speaking about our journeys or things that we've been through could be that voice that somebody else desperately needs to hear. Absolutely. So true. That, yeah, just listening or knowing that somebody else is going through something similar um, can just be a life-changing for them
1: and that we're open and we're here to talk and our dms are open yeah like
2: i encourage no one you don't have to come here for 10 come here have a cup of coffee sit with me have a conversation like i totally love that i i i'm open to that if there's you know someone listening that has been through something with a loss or a cancer thing or just you know anything like that and you feel like you could connect with me on some sort of level yeah. um, to have a conversation definitely so beautiful. send us a message or show up or whatever
1: I love it. like <laughs> you yeah. said showing up that's yeah, the first <laughs> thing I'm going to do right exactly. and um, you kind of answered it but if, give you one more chance to <laughs> answer it again but what does success mean to you so you said what it meant to your business but what does it mean to you
2: it means well, first of all, I mean, just um, being in a position, um, then maybe this is, again, not answering direct. One. Apparently not very good at that. But it's <laughs> <that's> okay. <laughs> to me, it is just like, some people might think like, oh, it's just a spray tan. But to me and to that person I'm spraying, oh my God, the things that we talk about in that and the connections Mm -hmm. we make and the vulnerability and everything, like for me to be able to just give a little bit of confidence to someone who maybe needs it, like is it's life-changing for me. Like it's it's hard to explain really what it means because it's such a deep feeling Mm -hmm. um, to have someone come in that is feeling, you know, in a bad spot or feeling really um, not great about themselves or their body and then having a good time with the spray to them taking a look in the mirror and being like oh, oh my god there she is there's that person that I've missed it's all they needed with just a little bit of confidence and I've seen that over and over again here where I've had women who like are like oh my god that was life-changing and hug me yeah. and it's just a spray tan but yeah it's not. It's mm-hmm. more than that. It's, it's more than that. It tr- truly is. And spraying I mean, on confidence. Exactly. Spring that. on confidence.
1: Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. so cool. So when we started this podcast, I promise I would never not ask questions that came up in my mind. So I have a question before we end the podcast. <laughs> like how oh Natalie's gosh. looking at me like she's
0: going to get in trouble. Oh like, no.
1: oh God, I
0: told her I wouldn't do this. Uh, no, I go ahead. This. Ask so questions. So when
1: you spray guys, because I've been sprayed, right? And we take all of our clothes yeah. off. Are guys taking all their clothes off? And then do you have to spray their wieners? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, I didn't That's see that one going. Holy... I told you guys, I don't hold
2: back. Nope, that's what we want on this podcast. (laughs) We ask that guys do wear. Okay.
1: Underwear.
2: So they can so, get there. Yeah. So as long as they're wearing something, it can be small, and, but we do ask that they wear something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it you're like, if you would <laughs> like
0: that part tan, yes. you can take the at home kit and apply the rest.
2: Yeah. We'll send you home with the spray. Yeah. And we'll see you <laughs> and the rest wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? This has been
0: a roller coaster of emotions of a podcast, honestly. Yeah. Like we have Uh. laughed, we have cried, we have felt things that uh, both of us Mm -hmm. can, you know, relate to Natalie and I. So Shauna, thank you so much Mm -hmm. for sharing your story with Mm -hmm. us. And I hope that anybody listening to this uh, podcast can understand just how much heart went into this episode. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah.
1: And all of Shauna's information and Organic Times information and Instagrams and emails and everything will be linked in the show notes below so you guys can... Follow her and check her out and come book a town if you're
0: in Winnipeg. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you like our show and want to know more, follow us on Instagram at Successful underscore. Join us next week for an all-new episode.